Welcome to the latest episode of El Paso Talks, where the voices of El Paso are heard. Now let's welcome today's host. Good Sun City Day, El Pasoans, and welcome to this episode of the DMB Podcast. I am your host, Delirious Montañez Barrios, commonly known as DMB with a B, like Bravo. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing uh, sort of a few topics. My ultimate goal on every single episode is to be authentic, transparent, honest, and real by expressing my own views and opinions, nobody else's but my own. So today I am excited because I just graduated from the Conservative Leadership Institute in Arlington, Virginia. It was a two-day course on organizational entrepreneurship and um And it was very exciting. I met a lot of new people, a lot of networking, and uh, it's a nice weather outside. So first of all, I wanted to talk about uh, the special elections, uh, the runoff elections that uh, we have in El Paso right now. We are currently on early voting. So please make sure that you vote. A lot of our constituents do not vote on the re-elect, on the runoff, and it is so important to go voting on this uh, school district's uh, representatives. The election day is actually on June the 10th. If you go to my website, www.dmb4elpaso.com, you actually get uh, the eight locations where the elections are going to take place and the times that they're going to take place. So let's start talking about the first topic that I wanted to talk about today, and it's about the Office of Personal Management, the OPM. You know, they want to do more for federal work wellness and I am very excited about that you know OPM is actually the federal government's human resources agency and a couple of weeks ago they unveiled new guidance aimed to standardize and revitalizing employee assistance program across the federal government an effort that officials say will prioritize employee wellness and improvement productivity you know Like many private sector employees, federal agencies often offer employees access to employee assistance programs. As a matter of fact, I did the EAP, which is the Employee Assistance Program, for a couple of years uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, and they provide services related to maintaining one's mental and physical health, as well as they provide resources related to substance use issues. Um, In order for such programs to be successful, the agency leaders must encourage the employees to take advantage of the services and cultivate a culture that eliminates the stigma associated with seeking help. And that is the major problem that we have right now in our communities, the stigma of seeking help and saying, I need help. To ensure federal employees are provided with the most equitable, welcoming, and inviting experience when accessing employee wellness programs, it is extremely important that these agency leaders cultivate a safe and comfortable environment, both in person and virtually, for employees to access these resources that are going to be available for them. You know, according to the United States Department of Labor, for every dollar that an agency invests in an employee assistance program, the employers actually save money between two, between $5 and $16, depending on the agency. So it is uh, beneficial for the agents to actually use this program. 
The second subject that I wanted to talk about was uh, the post-memorial day. You know, now that it's behind us, let's just uh, take a moment to honor and remember the brave individuals who made the ultimate sacrifice for our country every single day. You know, their courage and selflessness have allowed you and I to enjoy the freedoms we hold dear to our hearts. You know, Memorial Day is not just for those we have lost on the battlefield, but at home as well. So many veterans of the wars of the past, you know, two decades, uh, grapple with dark thoughts. We made it through so much. We're finally home. And then suddenly, the life of one of our comrades in arms comes to an abrupt and tragic end. You know, we cannot make sense of it. It waits on our souls. Military and veteran suicide is a tragic hallmark of the post 9-11 wars and a greater killer than enemy weapons. More than four times as many post 9-11 service members and veterans have died by suicide during combat operations. But we should also reflect on those whom the war followed them home physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Those whose service resulted in tragedy too, uh, just a delay tragedy. Those deaths are service connected as well death of wounds sustained earlier to the mind and souls. You know, suicide has become an epidemic affliction in the veteran community. It is a problem that we can strive to solve. Uh, veterans, we're not broken, okay? Uh, we are not certainly weak. We just need to connect and empower one another with support and the resources available out there and ensure that there is access to the care that truly help us overcome and live a healthy lifestyle. So please, please, please don't turn your, to your head away whenever you see somebody that needs help. You know, maybe you're the only person that that individual trusts in, or the only individual or the last individual that they seek help for. The next subject that I wanted to talk about is uh, the major new cancer treatment center plan for El Paso. You remember a couple of months ago that the city council have a proposition on the ballot? You know, the state of Texas is going to build a 97 million comprehensive cancer center on the medical center of the Americas campus. It's a large expansion of cancer treatment and it's going to be available in our sun city, El Paso. You know, Representative uh, Mary Gonzalez, uh, she is the vice chair of the House Appropriations Committee. And she was the one that was pushing for the state appropriation. She actually got it. And um, she said that the efforts to seek state funding for a cancer center in El Paso began after the plan, $346 million bond issue for the University Medical Center, which included money for a cancer center. Okay, and it was blocked by our uh, petition back in October that will have required an election to approve the bonds. So it's going to be a 90,000 square foot building and it will house comprehensive outpatient treatments such as chemotherapy, radiation, imaging, and, and numerous of other services. So this funding begins the journey to fill an incredible need, um, minimizing, begin to eliminate the need for El Paso to go out of 
El Paso area to seek care elsewhere. Uh, the, the groundbreaking for the facility could take place in the next year with the building opening 18 to 24 months later. You know, talking about fentanyl, you know, it is now the number one killer of our youth Americans. And stopping, it should be our number one priority. There is a bill that's called the Halt All Lethal Trafficking of Fentanyl Act. And it's supposed to help ensure that law enforcement have the tools necessary to protect Americans from this daily substance. Last week, City Council in El Paso actually approved uh, some use of Narcan for some of the non-governmental organizations. As many times, the emergency responses like the EMTs, the EMS, the fire department, you know, the police department response is very slow. And not because they want to be slow, just because other things that have more priority happen in our community. So now these NGOs are going to have this Narcan available in case that it affects a member of our community. On another subject, you know, federal officials, financial and ethics documents are going to be easier to, to be found under a new bill if enacted, okay? Uh, this bipartisan bill was introduced last week and it's going to fix what one, what one transparency advocate called the Labyrinthian process of obtaining financial disclosures and ethics agreements for administration officials and political appointees. You know, under current law, non-career appointees in the executive branch are required to make these documents public, verifying adherence to ethics guidelines and financial transparency. However, they only assist on paper. Under this new bill, a new centralized database is going to have financial disclosure reports and amendments to public financial disclosure reports, approval of authorization for individuals to accept gift from an outside source, written ethics agreements, ethics training certificates, and certificate of diversity of certain financial interest. You know, right now they have a database, but it's a very small scale, scale version of it. And it only houses the disclosures and the various documents as just the top 69 or so officials. So all of these documents and disclosures are actually required to be publicly available as a matter of statute. But the thing is that they, they're not easily available. So this bill is going to take care of that. The next subject I wanted to touch on is, um, you know, there were two bills that Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick uh, had as a priority, and they missed the deadline for passage at the Texas House of Legislature. Um, and those bills were concerning with school safety and the judicial oversight. You know, one legislation, including funding for school safety and measures designed to crack down on, on truancy, it will have created a statewide school safety office and mandated more communication between the school districts about students' disciplinary records. And the second one was funding for additional school security infrastructure and training for school employees who wish to become armed campus guards. You know, another priority was, was actually the Senate Bill 21 
example, had given the State Commission on Judicial Conduct more authority to act against judges who are accused of abusing their authority to grant bail. According to the bill, it will have included uh, violations of statutory bail standards in the definition of incompetency. It will have also provided more guidance and structure concerning the timeline by which the State Commission on on Judicial Conduct and its employees must act on complaints against judges. You know, this one is really close to my heart. It's regarding, you know, our incumbent, Congresswoman Veronica Escobar and the Florida Republican Salazar. They're actually offering a bipartisan immigration reform bill called the Dignity Act of 2023. Okay, so Congress has not passed any major reform on the immigration system since 1996. Okay, when President Bill Clinton signed the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigration Responsibility Act, And then the last major attempt at comprehensive reform was back in 2013. So what they're trying to do, they're trying to grant legal protection to millions of people currently living in the United States without any documents, expand the border enforcement agencies and refine their mission and overhaul the asylum process, okay? I might agree with the last two, but I certainly do not agree with giving legal protection to millions of people that have been living in the United States without any documents whatsoever, okay? You know, she say that their bill gives dignity to the border agents who need support. Uh, I was a border patrol, but patrol agent, and it doesn't give me any dignity, <laughs> okay? Uh, the job creators who need employees, the American people who need secure borders and those who currently live in the shadows. I, I don't. I really don't know what she's talking about. Okay. Um, as the United States works to restore order at the border, it is important that Republicans and Democrats work together to pass immigration reforms that addresses labor shortages and inflation and protect people already here and contributing to our system. Okay. So again. Um, I agree with some of the provisions of that bill, but no, I do not agree on giving a blank check to all illegal immigrants that have been living in the United States for a very long time without any documents. They have been violating the law, okay? Um, On another subject, the state of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, who is now running for president, he recently signed a new license to discriminate healthcare bill crazy that allows healthcare providers and insurers to deny a patient's care on the basis of religion, moral, and ethical beliefs. And he wants to be our president. Come on now. On another subject, you know, Texas lawmakers okay the armed guards at the schools. They invest $330 million to beef off the security. The Texas legislation has approved and sent to Governor Greg Abbott a bill that will require school districts to have an armed officer on every campus and invest $330 million to beef up school security statewide. And I, um, as a former law enforcement officer, I am all for that. You know, House Bill 3 requires districts to place an armed school employee or contracted peace officer or school resource officer on every campus during school hours. The bill accompanies the $1.1 billion in the newly approved state budget for district security. Districts cannot, so the districts that cannot comply with the requirement may submit a waiver to the Texas Education Agency and as the fulfillment, the fulfillment, 
and asked to fulfill the requirement with another employee, such as school marshal or a district worker who undergoes training. So now the bill gives another avenue for districts to, to comply with a personal requirement if they can afford to, if they cannot afford to employ a peace officer. You know, as a law enforcement officer, uh, and as a daughter of a law enforcement officer, my dad, uh, my heart goes out to all the significant others and the mothers, uh, actually the spouses out there that you know, stay at home with their kids and they have to wait for their significant other, the police officer, or the sheriff's deputy, deputy or the federal agent to come home. You know, because they don't know what's happening out there on the street. And most of the times we, I say we because I was a law enforcement officer myself, you know, we're very, a lot of us, we're very type A personality. And we think that we can, you know, take down the world and uh, we don't have to speak to anybody. And and this is just for my law enforcement uh, police officers, deputies or, or federal agents out there, you know. Your spouses and your kids and your loved ones at home are worried about you, you know? I understand that we don't want to come home and be talking about what happened at work, right? Like, that's what they tell us all the time. You know, leave at work what's for work and leave at home what happened at home, you know? But our loved ones worry. And sometimes it's nice, you know, uh, to hear what's happening to us at work, even if we don't go into great detail. Um, and I highly encourage you to do so. Um, I think that uh, relationships will get better. Your, lo- your loved ones will be less wary whenever you actually go out there and they have to wait all night or all day for you to come back you know, from the workplace. Um, you know, uh, this week just went very, very, very fast. Um, I actually flew at the beginning of the week and then, you know, we just finished training this weekend. Uh, today, actually tomorrow is actually the conference for the Republican Party in El Paso. It's going to be on Montana Avenue at the GOP office. So, you know, if you have any questions about it, just make sure that you call the Republican Party in El Paso. But, uh, you know, try to get involved. Try to get involved with the with the GOP or whichever political party you decide. You know, go to the meetings, you know, become a prison chair, decide to run for office, you know, uh, create an organization, be a lobbyist, you know, uh, speak up for those issues that are important to you. So anyway, that is it for now. Okay. Um, you guys can follow me on at DMB for Facebook group, the page on Twitter. I am on truth social as well. I am on Instagram. I am on LinkedIn and I am heavily involved with the legislation process, both at the state and federal level. So I post daily on things that matters to me, that matters to you as a constituent, so you can follow me all along. And I share my thoughts and opinions on specific subjects that, you know, just not 
only affects me, but affects my neighbors, my friends, my parents, and our community as a whole, okay? I'm also next door. It's my full name, Delirious Montañez. You can follow me there too. Um, I invite all you listeners to join me on our monthly virtual Java chat in where we can go more in detail and more in depth in our conversations and debates. Our next one is actually scheduled for Saturday, June the 10th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So if you go to the Facebook group, at DMBFOR, you can locate the Zoom link or you can join us live on my personal Facebook, Delirious Montañez, and on the day of the event, June 10. This is Delirious Montañez Berrios, your host with the DMB podcast. Please like, share on all of your social media outlets and with all of your email contacts. Subscribe, and I will see you all next week on our next exciting episode. You know, if you have a subject that you want me to touch on, please send me a message, text me, call me, send me an email, contact me through our website, www.dmb4elpaso.com, or you can do it through our Facebook group or any social media page that we're on, okay? So have a great, beautiful Sun City day and enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy the weekend. Today is uh, Friday and live today like it's your last day because tomorrow, Guys, girls, it is not promise. DMB signing out for now. This has been the DMB podcast with Delirious Montañez Barrios, your host. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review my podcast. Until next time, be safe and truly enjoy this day as if it was your last. Live life to the fullest without any regrets. Be in control of your life and your destiny, but most importantly, do unto others as you will have them do unto you. This has been El Paso Talks, a podcast about El Paso delivered to you by the voices of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and even yourself. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, and rate our podcast. El Paso Talks is produced by El Paso News. The opinions expressed are those of the individual delivering the episode and may not necessarily represent the views of El Paso News or the other podcasters on El Paso Talks. Find us at elpasonews.org. See you in the next episode.